Kia ora, welcome to Asian and Aotearoa. I'm Jenna, and in this episode, I catch up with Amitha Kala. Amitha is South African Indian, a fat, plant-based cooking enthusiast, creative, and digital marketer. This is a not-safe-for-work episode. Even I have some slight discomfort about publishing this one, acknowledging my own learned shame here around body stuff. And saying that, it was a real joy to have this open chat with Amitha. Trigger warning in this episode, eating disorders, dieting, fat phobia or anti-fatness are discussed. If you are offended or feel a bit funny about conversations surrounding pleasure, sex, being fat, periods, masturbation, orgasms, vaginas, then you might want to skip this episode. And if you are my parent, family member or know me in a professional or work capacity, do us both a favour and please skip this episode. There is a new one coming very soon. However, if you are curious about what happens when two fat single creative women in their 30s get together in the same room, and who are also Asian and Aotearoa, this episode is for you. If you love this mahi and want to support the podcast, there's a link in the show notes for that too. Thank you, enjoy. <laughs> Please briefly introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Amitha Kala. I'm a digital marketing strategist, so big on the field of like behavioral elements of society, which I feel people don't think about when they think, you know, what is like social media strategy? What is marketing? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm very aware of how like society thinks and how we interact. So coming from that lens, I'm here as a fat person doing fat people things and not feeling ashamed about it which is pretty radical in the social media space. Yes. (laughs) And so are you, did I make this up? Are you South African Indian? I am South African Indian, which is like even more layers because being fat as a South African Indian is like actually, and as a woman, I mean, you can be a fat man always. Yeah. But um, (laughs) as a fat woman, it's like, oh my gosh, how can you do this? Yeah. What will people think? Yeah. How will you find a man? Uh, What's your sun, moon and rising? Out of interest. Oh, that is a good question. Let me get the pattern up. So what's your sun sign? Virgo. Virgo. Yeah, we are critical. <laughs> <laughs> Organized. Perfection yeah, yeah. over <laughs> anything. Yes. I just like asking that question because I'm still learning about it. Same. So I figure the more people I ask and the more I learn about them, it's like, oh, okay. So, so yeah, sun Virgo, moon Aries. Oh, yes. I totally see that. Really? Yeah, yeah, fiery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did wonder. I did wonder whether that could be your son, but okay, yeah. And I have a lot of Leo in me as well. Okay. So there's like fire, fire, fire. Okay. And your ascendant? Yes. Uh, Pisces. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And I've dated a lot of Pisces in my life as have well. Have you? You know, Pisces men get a really bad, bad rap. rap. Yeah. And do then, we, do you, what do you reckon? Is that. Valid? I think it's valid, but I think I understand why Virgo and Pisces like can go hand in hand. Oh. It's like that understanding for like the creative, like the shunned creative yeah. who's like, you know, a softy at heart yeah. but puts on a hard exterior. Ah, uh, okay. I want to talk about when we first met. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Alina from Storio for bringing us together. Mm-hmm. And of course, Sonia Renee Taylor. Yes. So for context... For those who know me, and if you've been listening since the beginning, I'm a big fan of Sonia Renee Taylor. I was introduced to her book, The Body Is Not an Apology, in 2019, which is a huge, for me, like a a turning point year for me personally. And so that was when the book came into my life. And then a couple months ago, Alina messaged us being like, do you want to meet Sonia? 
it literally for me this has been so 2019 was your year 2022 has been mine in like so many dramatic ways how old are you I'm 30 okay yes Um, oh yes Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, I only just got introduced to Sonia Renee Taylor this year by Michelle Casey, another plug. Yes, we want to talk about her. Story, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I just happened to be following her like and I was I wasn't like deep intertwined. I hadn't heard of their body is not an apology. I was just like treading on like fatness and what it means to like be a fat activist. Like yes. just like, and it's just like all the stuff that's coming out, and you're reading it, you're like, whoa, there is a lot. Mm. There is a lot, but also like hearing about the experience of other fat people and like resonating so much. It was like the first, not the first, but it was re- like Sonia was really, really knowledgeable in her field. So for me, I was like, oh, and I also like I'd never met Alina. In oh. real life either. That was my first time as well. Really? So I was just, I'm just like guts to the, you know, like, let's just do what feels good. Like, I follow, I think I love, this is what I love about social media. Like, people give social media such a bad rap, but I feel like I majority of the time, you can kind of gauge the vibe of a person via social media. And you can kind of gauge if you're going to be, if you're going to mesh well in real life together. Yeah. So even if I haven't met, people i talk to a lot of people on instagram that i've never met before in real life so were you just chatting online with alina yeah yeah she didn't even realize that i was like michelle's like marketer oh yeah it is such a small world yeah okay and then she was like oh i didn't realize that you're the one i was like yeah because i was gonna do a thing on storyo for i think it was the pandemic when you're cutting your hair something like that uh yeah so that is literally it so it was just all like okay and then i got shoved in like Shalina just messaged me dm'd me we had already been chatting from like replying to each other stories you know being like oh my gosh yes these are my opinions yes these are my opinions and so then she messaged me this and then she ju- dumped us in a group chat together yes and we set out a what google calendar and i was like these are my peeps <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i need <laughs> honestly if i'm seeing someone it needs to be in the google calendar otherwise you'll forget because i'm a visual person mm. I, I i look at that every day i need to be able to see if someone's just like oh yeah we'll do something then and doesn't put it in the calendar i'm like, like oh. it throws me off man me too but I'm with iCalendar. So, oh, but I really? just like shove it over. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like because it's on my phone. I use the Google Calendar app on oh, my phone. Oh, okay. I might upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, Sonia, and then I literally just stalked everybody. And I was like, vibes. Obviously. I'm a so- I mean, as a social media manager, it is almost like my duty to stalk people on social media like thoroughly and I love it it's just like that's how I get to like you know how you can like tell instantly from like this the what do you what's your sun moon rising I'm like what's your handle because I can tell so it's so telling especially because I've been doing this for like seven years it's so telling about what people post and how they post and how they like show themselves you're analyzing (laughs) okay yeah but it's, I mean, that's how I can tell. So yeah. I always just knew. And so, yeah, we just went on this road trip to... Yes, in this packed hot car. Yeah, um, and we d- all didn't know what we really were going in for. We just knew that she was having this, like, giveaway. Not yeah. giveaway. <laughs> yeah. So Sonia was moving to the States and said and put out the message, I guess, to people that she was giving away everything in her house mm. except her dog, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So... Yeah, she welcomed us and then was like, go and take whatever you want. 
It yeah. was like a dream. Literally. But Not- also like an, an uncomfortable dream. Yes. For, especially for people yes. pleasers. I keep, yes. I kept asking her, are you sure I can take this? It was like a full bar cart with alcohol. And she's yeah. like, yes. Yeah. But I feel like it was almost like both of our exercises where she was learning to feel what's good for her. Yes. Because she did say no to some things. What things? Um, that little pot plant. Oh yeah, the plant. Yeah. And she said, oh yeah, she messaged me and she she said um, there wasn't. She realized she woke up the next day mm. and she realized it wasn't actually hers to give away. Yes. What I love about her is that she was really unashamedly woo woo. Mm. She fully accepted it. She was like, the universe has called me to tell me to release everything. Yeah. And then when you know that the little room, she had this spiritual room where it was like. Books, candles, crystals, and then decks, mm. like tarot decks, oracle decks. And I was like, um, I saw this deck. It's called the Pleasure Oracle. Okay, I'm not telling this in the right, in the right order. So I have a word of the year every year, mm-hmm. which is like, I've spoken about this before on the podcast, I think, quite a lot. My year this year being romance. But another word that I was playing with before landing romance was pleasure. Mm. And so when I was in that room and I saw there's a pleasure oracle, I was like, I'm going to ask her for that. And she was like, mm, yes, you can. Mm. So I thought that I'd bring it and we could pull a card and just see. And if it's shit, I'll just edit it out. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so down. <laughs> Do you want to? Yeah, I'm okay. down. Okay, okay. Okay, spoiler alert. Last time that we pulled cards together, it was very confronting. I mean, again, 2022 has been my year of like peeling off layers, like accepting myself and like rediscovering self-love. And yeah, when I was tiptoeing on the concept of should I stay should I leave we pulled cards and it was literally the card said cut the cord yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's chill I feel like 30 is also it was for me as well like a really transformational year sad in return you know it's like big changes and things happening so you shuffle while I turn on my charger which is not ASMR Amazing. Let's get those shuffling sounds in. Listen close. They say when someone tells you who they are, listen. But the challenge of listening is a question of presence. Most of us listen to another person in order to react. We wait for our turn to respond, projecting the best or else most reactive versions of ourselves outwards in a bit to center ourselves and be heard. Ooh. Action. To be present and to be completely connected with someone else in the moment, drinking in every word they say, literally and figuratively, listening is the practice in big empathy, divorced of expectations or demands. Instead, it asks you to simply serve, to witness the divinity in another, imperfections and all. Try deep listening today. You'll be amazed at how rewarding it is. Is this... To do like, with the podcast? In literally. Oh my god. Because I feel like what? it's so to do with what the, the podcast. Yeah, I was like, hang on, is this what we're talking about? This is what we're experiencing right now. Literally. Whoa. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> is that kind of saying just let go of expectation, just be present, whatever comes out of our mouths will be the right thing that comes out of our mouths? Totally. Because, I mean, spoiler alert, this is my first time on a podcast. And so maybe, I mean, I did Virgo tings and over research. <laughs> over research. And my mom, I literally sent notes to myself uh, on Messenger being the, like, you can bring this prepared. point up. Uh, you okay. can do this. Yeah. Um, yeah so maybe I, I need to just chill. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm hearing you. Dang. <laughs> Drinking in every word. Okay. Totally. Because there's things I want to bring up, but if they don't come up, it's not the end of the world, which is what I need to like. It doesn't have to be perfect. No. It's like in my mind, I'm like, is this going to be what? But actually, there there is a lot of like fat, pro-fat content out there. I guess what I'm trying to say is... Yeah, yeah give it to me. Yeah. I need to let go of... of expectations? Yeah. Perfection or just wanting it to be the right thing? Yeah, like wanting to be profound. But it's like, that's like an ego thing. Yeah. Because yeah. if it's not profound, then like, what am I doing? Should I just go and like lose weight? <laughs> oh god i get that and so that card's really just being like just sharp as you yeah which is like so hard because i feel like as like it like ties into like fatness and like you never thinking that you can just show up as yourself like you need to be the performer yes like oh my gosh you gotta be funny you gotta be smart you gotta be really fucking onto it you have to have a really pretty face yeah <laughs> to, to kind of make up for the fat body that we're in yeah yeah and it's like yeah you need to be like for me it was like the most fashionable person uh, or for a long time i didn't let go of a really toxic work environment because it was seen as such a prestigious place to be it's like you work in the head office for this like amazing fashion brand but actually i really was being like not treated really well Mm. but i wasn't willing to let go because i had that title yes and so i was like it almost defined me as being the person that worked in the head office of this place yes Mm -hmm. okay alina also sent me a link to do Michelle Casey's Sensual Embodiment course. Mm-hmm. And I know that you worked for and did work with her. Mm-hmm. I'm keen to know what you did. What was the impact? Tell me everything. Uh, well, Michelle Casey is this amazing facilitator who creates a really safe space for women, regardless of how you look, how you like like where your journey has been at till this point she like creates a container where you can just be so vulnerable and for me I felt like you know because I went to an all-girls school like we thought that we had this like safe space where we could like talk about periods and like you know all like oh you know boy stuff but when you're doing a, this course like I, so specifically I did my sexual self when did you do it I did it last year yeah, I did it last year. It was incredible because you just like get put into this container and people who had like already done it before have done it again. So they kind of show up to just kind of show you what it's like to be fully raw with coming up with the things you like don't even say to your like closest friends mm. and having other fat people do it and also talk about what it means to be fat and how that has affected their like relationship to their pussy and be like oh I actually have no relationships like have I even looked at my body naked (laughs) yeah have I actually does anything exist below my head literally (laughs) do I always avert my eyes every time I see a mirror yeah yeah it's like that uncomfy confrontation where it's so it's so like open and then she has all these like meditations and like guided rituals and like workbooks and have like questions that make you think about what does safety look like to me like how do I want to 
be perceived? How do I want to receive love? And it's like, I don't know. I've always, you always think in a relationship, what am I giving? Never, how do I want to receive? Because it's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for, choose, not even choosing me. Thank you so much for like, like it's <laughs> putting like, your dick on me because I'm fat. Like, <laughs> literally, it's like, you think, you think oh, of yourself what? so low, you don't yeah. feel like worthy of any attention. So when you get the attention, you're like trying to find what's the loophole. Like, do you have a fetish? Yeah. Like, or, oh. There's so many experiences I feel like where I've been like the like dirty secret uh, where they like yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. love you and like you know like feel you up but in public they won't totally also relatable and triggering yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's like actually coming to that and being like that was not okay or why do I continue to pursue these people it's like when you like talk about this and when you like come up with it and you're like, oh, when I think it's only once you discover that you actually don't love yourself wholly mm. is when you can like start to start loving yourself wholly. Yeah. It's like there's like a Ruby core poem where it's like, you know, you got any trauma that there is, you got to go all the way down, 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 down to the root yeah. and then like kiss it on, all the way up. What you said to me that was also really relatable about sex is when you're like, you know, needing to have sex in the dark, mm-hmm. being giving just bl- so many blowjobs. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And the whole thing, <laughs> the concept of like fat girls give the best head because we love putting things in our mouth. I was like, oh, I haven't heard that before. Oh, oh no. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I feel like I, I had that whole thing. It's and I remember relatable. one of my exes was just like, why don't you want to have sex in the daytime? And for me, I couldn't fathom. I couldn't understand why he wanted to even look at me. So it's like. Right. And so this course that you did with Michelle, was it kind of a space where you could think like about those things? That sort of yeah, stuff? because you don't think about those things. I mean, that sort of example, I think, happened in my like second long term relationship. And that would have been when I was 24. And I mean, I just had that click at almost like 30 mm. being like, oh, I really did not want him to see me because I didn't want to see me because I just couldn't. I didn't find myself attractive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> that's so much to unpack yeah, right there. I know. It's such a journey. And it's like, it's, I, I blame the media. The way that fat people are portrayed yes. is always as gross, smelly, lazy. Um, uh, butt of the joke. The butt of the joke. So undesirable. Yeah. yeah. It's actually insane. And it's when you watch shows back especially older ones even new ones some of them don't hit the mark yeah and yeah. it's like oh it was like i think it was hannah gatsby no you know that comedian yes. that lesbian comedian yes. hannah i haven't watched it but i you know really I, should okay she talks about this whole she goes i don't i don't do self-deprecating humor mm. because it, it's me just joining in on the narrative that makes it seem okay for it to be shit mm. so it's like i don't make like fat jokes i don't make lesbian it's just because it's like it then gives you a path. The same thing I also heard about like Indian comedians doing the Indian accent or like doing accents. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to do self-deprecating humor to make you feel more comfortable. Because <sighs> that one's huge. I used to make fat jokes all the time. Yeah. To be like, oh, 
Uh, yeah. You know, just like you play it off, but actually yes. it really hurts. Yeah. yeah. Good on you for doing something like that. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what conversation Alina and I had that prompted her to send me a link to do this like 90 minute, I think it was 90 minutes online thing. Sensual embodiment. The yeah. dance one. Yeah, yeah. The dance one. It was dance, but it was also kind of a facilitated reflection. Mm. But it was like movement. I just loved how Michelle's like she said things that I had never heard before like she said because there's breath work part of it she's like you know try breathing into your genitals that's really powerful yeah 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 oh my gosh totally but when you did, did you could you could you do it yeah i mean okay, i'll yeah. give it a go and then she yeah and then i loved how at the end Someone asked her, you know, are you going to do another one of these? Because it's really good. And mm. I'll totally do another one. And she said, she said something like, oh, that's my pussy feels like it. Literally. Michelle's whole ethos is doing business from pleasure. That's literally her brand statement. I love it. Because yeah. how much, I don't know if this is a fat thing, a woman thing, an Asian thing. Pleasure is like not even being factored in as a priority anywhere. Literally. The concept is so like, no, but this is what you need to be doing. Like, this is what you need to do to get to the next step, to get to the next ladder, to get to the next da 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 da. I feel like I'm the same in terms of that whole Asian mentality of needing status, needing to have certain things ticked off. It's like, okay, when you're at school, are you getting A's? Are you getting excellence? Like, are you being the top of the class? And then when you're at uni, it's like, are you doing like all the approved things? Like either a doctor, accountant, like we have an approved list of the things that we are allowed to do regardless of pleasure yes. or not. I don't care if you don't like math. You're going to go get tutoring and you're going to get real good at math. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got real good at math. Y'all. Really? I got a scholarship to do math at university. I don't even like math. I hate math too. I'm I hate math not good at either. Really? I literally had a scholarship. That's how good at math I was forced to get. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a creative. <laughs> like, let that sink. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how much our pleasure is just like. Whoa. Because it's like you, you almost are like this bragging thing for your parents. Mm. Because it's like you, you're seen as them. So it's like, what, what, are you, what am I going to say to your aunt, your uncle? Oh, look at what your cousins are doing. Your cousin is an accountant. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's good. that's good for them, yeah. I guess. Like yeah. they got A's. I'm like okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, my mom hated that I got my degree with a C average. She's getting degrees. She hated it. It's because I just didn't want to. I was like doing this degree because I felt like something you had to do. Yeah. And so then when you like release all that, and now I'm like literally work in social media. What did you do at uni? Bachelor of Commerce. An approved degree. <laughs> but I chose marketing, though. Oh, uh, okay. And management. Oh, uh, yeah. I started with a BA, BCom, and I was going to be a psychologist, math major, and then a marketing major to kind of all intertwine in some, you know, mm-hmm. social capacity. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I hate math. It's like I got the scholarship and I had to have so many meetings, then being like, you need to at least enroll for a math paper because you had to enroll in one math paper a semester yeah. but I never did because I was like I don't like doing this just give me the money and leave me alone <laughs> but yeah oh, so interesting. coming in with pleasure has been so so nice but it's been such a journey to get to a point where you you know I think it's also a privilege thing like it's like I am like financially privileged to not have to do a job that I don't want to do yes 
So it's like, I totally acknowledge that. But yeah, working with Michelle was so awesome because she did everything from her pussy always. We would have a meeting on Monday, but she would change it if she didn't feel like it. She's like, oh, I'm on my period. Let's just move it. Or she's like, do you have everything? Do you have any questions for me? And I'm like, no, it's all good. And like when she would do courses, I'm like, are we doing this? this she's like oh i gotta sit with it Mm. see how i feel it's really intuitive and i think working with her made me see how you can be intuitive with your like entire life i love that yeah and so are you kind of feeling that out now i mean i'm here yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean you said yes yeah yeah i'm here and then like this weekend i might be doing a photo shoot which is all things that i would have not have said yes to prior or maybe I would have, but I think this is like with much more intention because I'm going in with it like to serve myself. That sounds amazing. My friend Amanda is like dying to get me doing a photo shoot. Tell me about this photo shoot that you are planning on doing. It's literally like, so when I say creative, I used to be a fashion stylist doing university. So it's kind of like me reclaiming my creative sense within fashion where where it's not like triggering like my therapist at the time when I was going through that fashion stuff was like you need to quit that job because it's really not helping your eating disorder Mm. because you're being surrounded by the messaging that Mm. pretty much curated Mm. it so it's like almost reclaiming that space but with myself it's like we never used fat models we never used anything. I remember the bosses always like making like remarks about fat women in their clothing. And, oh no! And then being like, "Oh, the fat that we got this, we got the muumu dresses for the fat gals." Oh and no! It's like real toxic vibes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. But then obviously never acknowledging that I was fat. It's just like it's so many. I hate that also that ah. Oh. Oh, yes, I know we want to talk about being the only fat friend, fat friend, the only fat POC friend yeah. in, a, in a white group of thin, thin. women. Oh. The experience of that and finding that they complain about their bodies or say things like, oh, my God, I'm getting so fat. I can't eat that. I'm so fat. And you're sitting there in your fat body being like, hmm. And it, always, it used to make me think, oh, maybe I'm not fat. Maybe they don't see me as fat. Or I remember when I lost a lot of weight. And I'd show people, oh my gosh, look at the difference. And remember one of them said to me, oh, you look the same. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, how dare you? I haven't eaten. (laughs) The amount of struggle I had put my body through at that point, only to somebody say you look the same. I was like, yo. It's like almost like pretending the elephant is not in the room. Literally, us being the elephant. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we are here. (laughs) You can't just make these like fat claims and assume that it's not impacting us. And like pinching at their like size eight body. Oh, God. My worst part is when they all wanted to show their stomachs and they and I like refused. Why? Because I don't know. I mean, why were they showing their stomach? I don't know what these people are up to. I think it was about looking to see if you had an innie or an Audi belly button. Oh. And I was like, I've got an innie. End of statement. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, I remember I used to always wear a jumper 
with my uniform regardless of like summer or winter oh yeah hello i didn't wear i think i didn't start wearing shorts or dresses without stockings on until i was in my 30s wow no yeah that's huge do you do it now? Because I see you wearing stuff. I wish I was out. Like, it's winter. I mean, it's, it's winter. winter. But yeah, yeah. No, no, I'll do it now. But, but it, took, it, it takes took you a mm. Like, that was all of my 20s. That's the same for me with arms. I'm like, I, my my big one is arms. Oh, yeah, my arms. No, my arms. But you know what, actually, I'm thinking that what probably helped that is because now I've got tattooed legs. Oh, yeah, because, oh, my God, I didn't go all through this pain for nothing. <laughs> That's why I really did that big tattoo on my arm. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to reclaim the space that I hid for so long. I would just be sit- sitting there like sweating. And remember my friends being like, why don't you take your jumper off? And I'd be like, I just couldn't explain to them why I couldn't. How old were you? Because oh, let me just talk about me for a minute. When yeah. I, I would have been, I was self-conscious of my arms when I would have been probably at intermediate and it was Christmas with my family. Family. Yeah. And I was wearing this jacket and I would not take it off. Because I was underneath it, I had this like Singlet. sleeveless, mm. it was like a sleeveless top on. And I had this like big jacket on. I was so young. Yeah. It's because I think it's also, like I think I, our parents say things to us from a place of they're thinking, them thinking that they're like saving, not saving us, like... They're nurturing us from society because they know what society think. But actually, our parents are the ones that trigger us first and give us that trauma. Because my mum would say, cover your arms. Oh, really? Yeah. I, so the thing at this Christmas, they were telling me to take it off. I think oh. my mum was almost like, I'll pay you to take it off. But I had already <laughs> already ingrained, because I grew up dancing, mm. wearing like leotards and shit. I was already self-conscious. It was already, the, the damage was done. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mean i was a dancer too i was always the fattest dancer yeah 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 yes yeah. this is a given yeah. were you the only asian no i actually did birth the uh, so it was oh like, okay amazing yeah fully indian but i was the fattest one there and the the teacher would always tell me to go for extra runs and i was like why and she'd be like, <laughs> to strengthen your legs and i'd be like bitch i don't know what you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> these comments become we become so in tuned with their their actual meaning to mm. a point now where it feels like sometimes we need to just like let go yeah 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 yeah. and the thing is people like project what yes and what is that the saying it's like well this it's like a psychology thing it's like the spotlight thing where people are not never looking at you and judging you as much as you think they are yeah a lot of people are also just in their own in their own insecurities yeah more so than we are but it's still a society as a whole definitely like favor certain things so we're with and obviously we're in a white european colonized mindset so all of us are feeding into that so even if like a a POC is to like a big thing for me was like also like the skin color like going to the sun being like now you're gonna be a dark fat person. Oh my! Like you better wear a hat. Like you yeah. know, like at least have something that's like saving you. Okay, see where we were going. Yeah, where we're, 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 where 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 okay, so we had Michelle. We said yes. the pleasure talks. Yes, and then Alina actually got heaps of benefit from Michelle's course. I mean, she did my sexual self. Oh. And then and I'm pretty sure it was My Sexual Self and then Storio. I might have that wrong. Oh. But it's an amazing course regardless of being fat or not. Yeah. It just kind of makes you 
think about yourself not as an apology. Yeah. You're like, Pleasure oh. and receiving. Yeah. I always find it funny what has happened, who I've met, experiences that I've had that have come from me simply doing a podcast. Mm. And like I met you and meeting Alina and then how it's actually, even though that's a thing that gets published and strangers listen to it, which is weird, mm-hmm. um, there's actually like, I'm doing a lot of learning and growth from it. It's yeah. like its own rewarding thing. Totally. And it's like so good for you even to just facilitate conversations like this because like that's literally how we were traumatized before because they were having conversations about the narrative back then. Mm. But like we have all this knowledge now. It's like we need to share it. Like yeah. how else do we share knowledge? Recording it and sharing it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. What? Okay, hang on. Let me see. Yeah, being that fat friend going out to oh, bars. Oh, yeah. Let's go Yo. back to being the only fat friend. Again, I don't want to say I dumped. I released that friend group this year, which was really hard for me because... It is always hard to say goodbye. Yes. And especially because, like, they didn't do anything... No, you know, kind of, but it's just you grow into different directions naturally. Yeah, and I know there was some resistance from a few of them when I tried to just like, I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I just don't know why I don't want to continue the friendship. Did you actually, was it an intentional, like, did you actually speak to them or message them being like, say, yeah? I literally left the group chat. Oh, yeah. But I had spoken to a lot of them individually, the people who I used to hang out with one on one. But the people who I would only see in a group setting, I didn't feel like really mm. needed an explanation. Mm. As I, so what did you say? I literally said, I'm looking for people. Like, it's like, I, I don't even, like, it's like, because there's so many layers. So not only was I the only fat friend, and that wasn't my main reason. I think my main reason was that I was the only brown friend. Mm. So it was more so like my journey with decolonizing my mind led me to see how it's like I need, like I need allies, I need people on the same journey, people who are like, oh, yeah, colonization was actually really bad for so many reasons that we're only just uncovering and like what it means to be speaking English. Like people don't even acknowledge the fact that like most of the world are speaking English. So what does that mean in terms of like our, not just our language, but our cultural beauty, our- systems? Beliefs, how we see the world. Yeah, how we view it and also like how we view minorities. Mm. So not just minority in terms of like race, but minority in terms of body structure as Mm. well. Mm. And how it all ties in. And so then when I I was literally, and I've been away, I had been living in London for about two years. So I was really removed from the group anyway. So going on this journey then when I came back I was really confronted by how everything was still the same Mm. and like how the structures were and if I wanted to have so then I came back being vegan being like (laughs) all these things and say I care about the environment I care about like learning about politics yeah I care about like the policies that are being like passed through law yeah are you voting? Like, did you vote for the referendum? Like, really becoming, like, vocalized in the only way we get to change is if we, like, participate in this democracy that we're in. And them not really... I mean, they totally are on board, but not in, like, the... Re- because they're all white, they're all thin, they're all rich. Ah. Uh... And I say rich in terms of, like, all their parents have generational wealth with, right. like, multiple properties. 
And it's like, that's not even like a defining thing. It's just more like noticing the, not noticing the difference. Just do they acknowledge their privilege? I don't know. Uh. I actually have not talked to them about that. And you know what? Even broaching, even having the conversation, labor. 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 And like talking about labor as well, anytime that they would want to discuss something like that, it would always be to me versus like their only brown friend. Like for example, one of them broached me saying, what is white privilege? Because I don't see it. And I was like, (laughs) I have so much labor to do here. Oh, yeah. In terms of like explaining this to you as a white person. And how did you not see it for so long? And then having to explain it and then having the like, very common defense come up of like I've had my own struggles Uh, and it's like it's like I'm not denying any of that when I say that you have white privilege it's like yes you had to pay for certain things yeah yes yes, you've worked hard sure yeah but that's like it's so it's labor and so I was like do I really want to continue and of course as I was saying before I had been talking to all these incredible women on social media, mm. sharing these thoughts, like having really good discussions to be like, whoa, I am I going crazy? Like, no, this is what actually is happening. Like, this is. And then, like, watching movies and not being able to watch, like, old, for example, Friends. Mm-hmm. Not being able to, like, just enjoy Friends. I'd be like, whoa, that is hella fatphobic. Yes, God. <laughs> Monica? I remember uh-huh. actually thinking Monica for me was like my savior story because I was like, wow, she was so fat. She got so thin. I can get that thin. For a long time, that is the thought that I had. No need to realize she's wearing a fucking fat suit. <laughs> she wasn't even fat. Hey, you don't know our struggle. <laughs> the representation. The representation. She's wearing a fucking fat suit. God. <laughs> Oh, that is, I'm crying. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Have you watched Euphoria? Yes. What do you think about Kat? Kat, wait, remind me, Kat is... The fat one. Oh, I mean, so it's like goes into this like whole fetishization. It's like you can only be fetishized and not like truly loved. But I do enjoy that she reclaimed her body. Yeah. And it took, like, strangers on the internet telling her that she was beautiful for her to, like, see herself as beautiful. Yeah. And then she really believed it. And, I mean, Barbie. Yes. Ferreira, yes. She's amazing yeah. as a human being as well. Like, all her documentaries on Vice are really, really, really intriguing. And she always doesn't wear a bra. And it's, like, if her fat jiggles, it's, like, like it's meant to jiggle. Yeah. It's, like, also seeing all this, like content where you're like oh yeah I wonder yeah what are your thoughts I I wonder what I would have felt about that if I saw that when I was a teenager Mm. seeing this other depicted teenager even though she's probably like late 20s being fat Mm. and having sex with guys but at the same time you can see that she also didn't feel worthy with a few of the exchanges she had because that guy who really really liked her she didn't believe liked her back like even though he's doing all these things, I think as soon as he had a conversation with somebody else at that party, she went and fucked another guy because she didn't want to seem too close, too vulnerable because she actually didn't believe that she could be loved in real life. It was all on the internet. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say about detaching from that friend group. I mm-hmm. think that takes guts. Totally. Good and I you. cried so much. And actually working with Michelle was really good because I remember one of our Monday meetings, I just was like, how was your weekend? And I just couldn't hold it in. 
was like, oh my God, it was so bad. But she actually is the one that comforted me in saying that when we go through change, mm. people naturally drop always. Yeah. Always, 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 always. And like you just gravitate towards the thing that's not more fitting, but fitting fitting for you at the time. Because the thing is, I don't regret that friendship at all. I had the most amazing time. And the thing is like, I did love doing everything. And for me, a big part of that was like not wanting to one not wanting to be perceived as Indian. So really pushing against that and like assimilating to the max. <laughs> like I would yeah, do everything. Like drank with them, like partied with them. Yeah, and I also think being fat there's a thing to talk about in terms of being fat and being like overly slutty or like giving access to men who you wouldn't give access to just because you need validation. That's definitely something I went through. Really? Yeah. I think I did the, I was the opposite. So I didn't have sex until I was 25. I was like, it's such terrible experience. Experience or just self-worth? I feel like for me, I really sought out the validation from men and it's like, I needed it. So I used to manipulate the situation or I would like, talk to people online I would like set it up if I had a goal in mind I really knew how to get it really yeah and I remember always being not always there was a case where I really liked this guy and then he would come in to see me where I was working but again this was the one where I was kept a secret uh. um yeah so I would always make it work somehow oh. to get because I just deeply needed the validation externally men specifically sexually sexually mm. like i needed to be desired because i obviously did not desire myself i didn't even have sex with myself i only came i think late 20s and i was like okay come on <laughs> <laughs> just sat there with the vibrator <laughs> say come on something's gonna happen I mean, enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, whoa. I remember thinking like, oh my God, I've been having sex for like so many years and I've never experienced what orgasming yeah. is until like years after. Yeah. They're like, oh, because I was always just there to serve them sexually. My desires were fed just by the mere act of them saying yes. So it's like, yes. I didn't even need to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like I still am yet to find a guy who knows his way around a vagina. No, but the thing is, you need to know your way around your vagina. I know. And so, okay, this is, um, I just remembered. Um, That's big. Something that, so in that embodiment session with Michelle, another exercise was like about being vocal. Mm -hmm. And I just realized I cannot, I do not like making sounds. And I think she said something like, with there being of a, of a, there's a link between being visible, being heard, and not wanting to be like vocal, making sounds in your throat mm -hmm. with your breathing. I was mm -hmm. like, oh my god, be as quiet as possible. I'm not even here. Yeah, just put your dick inside me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's huge, ah! and I always feel like it's really awkward to speak. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm still on that journey. Yeah. Honestly, loving yourself in the best way is the big, like, like having sex with yourself 
you need to like want to have sex with yourself because you know exactly how to please yourself. But how do you communicate that to the other person? That is where I'm like, how do I do that? Oh, because then then it comes easy once you know what you want. Because for me, I for a long time didn't even know what had to go down. I never looked at my vagina. I never looked at my vulva. I never looked at my pussy. So I literally did not know. What was, gonna... what was going on even with like the tampon like for a long time I couldn't put tampons in I had to be an applicator it's literally only because I got the environmental <laughs> have you used a disc I just got a hello disc no oh. I use a cup oh yes is it like a condom like what is a disc no it's <laughs> so <laughs> does it just catch the blood it's a it's a yeah it kind of works like a cup but it's not suction oh it's a I know I was like how does it work how did I you don't pull know. it out I would, uh, it's got a little. It's got a little tab. The company that Hello Cup thing. Yes. Have you heard of it? Yeah. So they've come out with a disc. It's really good. Oh, okay. I'll try it out because my biggest fear is that because I had an IUD for so long, I heard real dramatic stories that if you have a cup, you can like. Suction well, yeah, it out. yeah. But this, yeah, it doesn't use suction. But you should definitely look into it. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, vaginas, oh, yes. How we self love. Oh yes. Yeah, and it's like only once you know how to. Because I still am on that journey where I'm like. How do I become my best lover? How do I not like tap into porn or like, how do I, I've been doing this now where I don't use visual stimulation mm-hmm. and it's actually very intriguing. Really? Because it's like, you actually just have to listen in with your body. I listen to music because I mean, music is life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, Share a playlist. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. Like there's some great playlists out there as well to have. Really? self sex too yeah i'll share it to you okay and so masturbating that way has helped me understand what i need i'm single now so yeah that's what i was next wanting to ask about single are you on the apps where do we find these guys to have sex with literally i've noticed so it's like (laughs) again from this whole release 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 i just released from a three-year relationship but because also it's a POC thing. I remember when guys would come up to me and say, you're really pretty for an Indian girl. And I'd be like, that's, oh, no. thank you. No, but I was so deep in my internalized racism. Uh, I said, thank you. You shouldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not like them at all. Yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't group me in with my people. Yeah. Same with the whole fatness thing. It's like when people don't want to just say that you're fat because they because it's so seen as so negative. So it's like I've been talking to people on Tinder. And it's hard. I feel like when you have so much self-love, first of all, I'm mostly left swiping. It's like people have to pass like a very high criteria for me to even right swipe. Yeah. What do you right swipe Literally, for? my bio is like, I'm a fat plant-based feminist, creative being, looking to talk to people who have gone to therapy <laughs> into yeah. the environment and have a like sustainable focus. And how, tell me about, I want to say in my marketing mind, conversion rate, not conversion rate. but the <laughs> Yeah. The conversion <laughs> rate is low. Okay. So I'm also now, I'm a deep color so if the vibe is off i will unmatch Mm. whereas i think my last experience of tinder was just like oh my gosh you match with me yeah like oh my gosh what a privilege yeah that is my experience of apps we're like wow you liked me back that's like crazy and i mean that story still plays sometimes it's so hard for it not to play yeah but that's literally why we have to listen to and surround and that's like coming back to social media i changed everything about my social media in terms of who i follow Mm. who like what am i allowing 
into my brain because mm. that's so important and that kind of feeds into why I left the friend group because I'm like what am I allowing into my life all the time yeah like what am I holding on to and like holding like baggage for because it's not serving like the new story that I want to walk this life with yes so it's like I really can't watch and I don't watch like fat phobic content mm. because it's like I really it's not helping me. It's just going to re-trigger me. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's no need for that, which is why I'm reading books like The Body is Not an Apology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you need to like dismantle your own thinking. Yeah. And it's so hard when you're dismantling your own thinking and you're doing it in a journey with people who aren't dismantling their own thinking. Yes. It can be challenging and it can be really isolating. But at the same time, you know, when you connect with other people that are kind of doing it too, it's like a we- like it's coming back to honoring whether you're here for something or not at that time. It's like, are you, are we on the same wavelength or no? Or it's like equally inspiring being around other people. Like, for example... Like Tanya as another like mutual that I had no idea that we had. Because I've known Tanya since university when I was a fashion really? stylist. Tanya Barlow. Tanya Barlow. Oh, okay. And like her speaking now on fat phobia, on like the fat scene within fashion is amazing. Because she's really, really prestigious in yeah. New Zealand fashion. Yeah. Like even when I was in university, she was fucking prestigious. She like, is amazing. She's amazing. Like not only with makeup, now with nails, just yeah. being a creative being in general. So her speaking on it, like I don't even know if she knows how powerful it is because so many people in fashion are actually fat as well. But we only show like the thin models. Yes. It's like a lot of the hairstylists, st- like stylists, makeup artists are photographers designers are fat people but we're just creating for thinness and showing thinness as beauty Mm -hmm. so it's actually really liberating when you see a fat person claiming their beauty because we are beautiful but it's really hard to see that when you've been fed and when we've been repeating the same narrative to ourselves yeah yeah since we were children literally because mm. i've always been the fat person always like even when I, I did ballet as well did you and i look at photos and i was the only fat ballerina <laughs> and i think it's fucking cute yeah. but it's seen like it, oh god ballerina let's not get like that's like a whole yeah. other eating disorder like pool yeah it's so frustrating because like i think people don't see how society has come in waves in terms of like curating what a beauty standard is yes early millennials like anorexia culture was really big seeing bones seeing like hip like hip bones being really thin that was super in trend yeah but now Thigh mm. gap. Oh my gosh, Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now we're like in the Kardashian movement mm. and they have done some positive impacts in regards to curve, but it's definitely curve in the right places. So it's like you can be curvy, but it has to be your boobs and your butt. That's it. You can't have any tummy fat. Yeah. You can't have any arm fat. You can't have At any it's not. It's not natural for them. It's not even natural for them. Yeah, the fact that they're like so safeguarding if any image leaks out, it's mm. like, oh my gosh, the world is... And I totally used to resonate with Chloe being the fat sister. Oh. And then when she... I mean, not that I ever like really dived in, but it's so hard not to get amongst the Kardashian culture because it they literally run the beauty standard right now. Yes, so, it is really interesting. I, I was like... 
on one hand, I'm like, God, it's complete fucking trash. But on the other, like, on the other hand, I can't stop watching because it's like the influence that they have, the amount of money, the way that they live their lives. There, and it's the way. Okay, the, for a marketer, it's like, whoa, it's <laughs> incredible. It's actually genius, and it's all down to Chris, the mum. Yeah. She runs a lot of it. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying. How powerful, like, pretty privilege is. Yeah. And, you know, this angle of, you know, the, the psycho- like the psychological theory that you put on more positive characteristics to somebody that you deem attractive. So it's like, regardless of what they've done, if you see them as attractive, you will associate positive characteristics to them got it which is what i think a big it's a big pull Uh it's like we're so hot so you're gonna like forget the part about how they've started a church to do tax fraud with their really yeah they have a church they are they literally have a church that they give to charity like then they give money to charity the charity is their church okay so that's some sanitarium shit Like, oh god <laughs> like, oh shit god i only just found out about sanitarium a couple of weeks ago oh really yeah i was like what the heck yeah you better sponsor the triathlon you better sponsor <laughs> our roads <laughs> like what oh fuck oh yeah so we're talking about that representation i would love to see chris do something i know chris doesn't have the ideal body that they all crave for do you know what i feel like she gets a pass because of her age but I also feel like also there's like this like unaging woman and Chris has done. I'm like, oh, you could do so much positive if you just like confronted situation. But that would ruin their whole business plan, to be mm-hmm, fair. Mm-hmm. They're like, but then you wouldn't buy a product. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quote. So for listeners, Aubrey Gordon is this amazing fat activist and writer. She co-hosts a really great podcast called Maintenance Phase. And this is what she said. This is among the greatest triumphs of anti-fatness. It stops us before we start. Its greatest victory isn't diet industry sales or lives postponed just until I lose a few more pounds. It's a belief that our bodies make us so worthless that we aren't deserving of love or even touch. Mm. That was like such like a seeing quote. Because sometimes I don't even touch myself. It's like even... I know! You know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean. It's, don't touch myself, but I don't even touch other bodies sometimes. And I've just had to, and I'm kind of in the process of doing this work, you know, getting massages, just like in the shower, just making sure I'm like really being present with how I'm like washing myself. Because otherwise I will be this, I'll be like a head, a head, a head with nothing below. Interesting. No, like, you know? I feel that and I resonate with that so hard and I didn't even acknowledge that I do those things as well because we have a tendency to talk about our body like oh yeah my knee is like this but we are our body mm. the knee we are the knee mm. literally <laughs> we, like literally we- and like oh there was like t- i remember there were times where i would look at myself and i would see this curation of what i thought i looked like and if someone photographed me and i didn't like it it would be a whole process for me to get over that Yo, photograph. I'm, I'm still, I've lost years of not being photographed. And it just so happens that now I'm being, because I'm friends with these photographers, these younger people. Yeah. And they just happen to document everything. Yeah. Only now am I like actually seeing photos and videos of myself. And how does it like. I'm getting used to it. Mm, I feel like you could reclaim that. This is my friends like, you got to do a photo shoot. 
Yes. Um, Which is literally why I said yes to that photo shoot. Because I've been reclaiming it in terms of like my own TikTok. I've been posting videos and like literally labeling it as like body positivity. Or like cutting my hair short and then like sitting with things or like not shaving my mustache and like sitting with how that feels. Mm. It's like I just, I mean like why not? Mm. I'm just sitting with like the uncomfortableness and then I'm like questioning myself. It's like why do I feel this way? Like Mm. unpacking it. Mm. It's like everything is something to like question in like what comes up. Because if something is feeling like uncomfortable, I'm just there sitting with the trauma and being like, why is this coming up? So if I see a photo and I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, why is this coming up? Because I, think, <laughs> I know why. I do fitness <laughs> for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but or like, or flooding my social media with fat bodies because it's like I actually love fat. Oh my gosh! I went to my first naked drawing class with Rudo. Don't if you've heard of Rudo. No, Greaseworth. She's another amazing like person that's gone through michelle casey's course okay and so we did the my sexual self course together and so then we started following instagram and she does this amazing thing at the peach palace where she does like figure art drawing and normally she's not the model but in this class that i went to she was like all right everyone close your eyes settle in deep in and you opened your eyes and it was just like rudo in her fat glorious oozing like feminine divine energy and she was in this pose and it was like a powerful woman like mother like almighty being because we forget that and there was actually a meditation i did as well where you had to put your hands on your tummy and just like acknowledge that we are the portal between realms this thing that we hate is actually like the bringer of life Mm. into this realm but we're like seen to hate it and like flooding your mind and flooding. I feel like the more you flood, which is exactly what, why we are so fat phobic is because we've, our mind has been flooded yeah. with. So can we reprogram this? Please? Let, That's what we're trying to do. Which is <laughs> so possible because we have been programmed to think this way. Mm. I don't think anyone's inherently fat phobic. I think it's taught. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, from like what your parents say, from what your friends say, from what the movies say, from what the yeah. things you read. Oh my gosh, like oh, yeah, the things you read, like the whole um, the before and after. The she went for the whole makeover, and now she's well, like showing a real cropped photo of someone's like fat stomach and being like, whose whale body is this? <laughs> Flip to page twenty nine to find out. Yeah, uh, real like. Also a little bit misogynistic as well. Yes. In terms of just like things, ways in which you can like pick apart another woman. Yeah. It's literally like who curated this image? Who does it serve? After reading Sonia's book, one of the things was who profits from you hating your own body? Mm. I'm paraphrasing because I can't really remember it, but something like that. Who's profiting the business that I'm giving my entire self to? The businesses that I'm spending like a fuck ton of money on like skincare or whatever or like the things that we put our body through because we just hate it so much and the businesses that say hey if you just take this pull once a day for the next 30 days you will no longer be this fat person yeah like you will be thin and we buy into that promise and it's never that promise because Losing weight is like a whole thing in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Like your body then literally thinks you're starving it. 
and like natural forces always kick in binge eating is such like a norm like it's such a thing that comes from restricted eating Mm. but restricted eating is so normalized and so okayed but binge eating is seen as so demonizing yes when if you restrict it's only natural for you to then binge it's like a continuous cycle yes i did a couple sessions with a i'm gonna say food counselor but she was talking about how the binging and restricting it's the it's a pendulum Mm -hmm. so if you go one way gonna release it slide to the other literally yeah but the thing is i feel like i used to only get like positive feelings i think it's also tying into like the ocd virgo control Mm. of like wow i'm really in control right now Mm. i've only eaten yeah 100 calories it's like how much longer can i go until i can i have to like put more in do i need to put more in could i have water could i have a coffee that will suppress it's like you learn all these like things that you can do literally (laughs) ah sugar free it Ah. means zero calories but that's just chemicals Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like now your body thinks it's had sugar but it hasn't had sugar and actually you're gonna crave sugar more yeah. than before you had the zero calorie item was there anything else that you kind of wanted to say yeah okay say it i want to talk about not feeling sorry for ourselves for being fat and how that is, can look Tell me more. I'm really hopeful, not hopeful. I'm really looking forward because I know it's like a journey, but I'm really looking forward to a time where I'm not constantly triggered and traumatized by people's projecting their insecurity of fatness onto me. And it's like, I wonder when that will be Mm. because we're only just, we're in PC culture, which I love. People hate PC culture, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm like, can you just check yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. being, pl- it's like, you need to get checked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking at least five years or so where it's become so normalized to see fat people in movies, showing like fat love stories, showing like. Do you reckon we'll get there? Yes. I mean, society as a whole. I realize, like the this. I'm pretty sure it's size 16 is the average of a New Zealander. Mm. It's like the largest size of glasses. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah, if yeah. You get any bigger, you can't shop at like the, one of the main yeah. like fashion retailers off like New Zealand, which is just like shocking. Yeah. But at the same time, we've got the obesity police. The uh, Jordan Peterson. Did you see? Did I send you that, or did no. you see Jordan Peterson? You know who he is. Mm-mm. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he does not come across my channel in, in my um, cleanse. Incels look up to him. He wrote a book called The Twelve Rules. I think it's called The Twelve Rules for Life, which I actually did an assignment in my paper last year that was um what was it? it was a racism paper anyway. And I had to read the book, which I wanted to like poke my eyes out. It was really hard to read, but then I critiqued it. Basically, he's a I think he's a psychologist has his own podcast and platform wealthy if you could picture like an old white guy just saying things like this really problematic mm-hmm. in a way but he like he has joe a, rogan oh yeah 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 okay. he's been on joe he's, he's oh he's been, been on, on joe he's, rogan yeah, yeah, yeah. say less so it's it's, it's <laughs> basically think about joe rogan fans mm-hmm. that will probably like jordan peterson um peterson has a way of 
writing and speaking men young men young white men can look up to him because he's also like motivational he's telling people like of how to live your life how to live a better life Mm. but it's wrapped in this really conservative right he's like saying he's going backwards it's like gender roles. Gender roles, natural, like really victim blaming. <gasps> selection. It, he's, he, yeah, yeah. It, the way he writes though, I know white guys, I know of white guys who have read the book and have really resonated with it because he's writing in a way, like on the surface level, you're like, oh, okay. But then actually, if you applied critical thinking, you'd be like, Oh, he has an agenda. Where was I going with this? Oh yeah, okay. So Jordan Peterson tweeted the model, I think her name's Yumi. I feel like she so she's plus size in the modeling industry and she was on the cover of a magazine and he tweeted it saying something like sorry not beautiful <gasps> oh okay <laughs> what it was it was a, like obesity is unhealthy that sort of yes you know this whole like oh we're doing this to protect you yes it's actually so self-serving to the fat phobic narrative yeah. of like you can't be fat and healthy meanwhile i know i say this a lot but i saw a tiktok and it was critiquing that showing all these images of celebrities smoking on the covers and like where's the uproar about that literally <laughs> or where's the like uproar about the fact that some models mal like malnourish yeah. themselves to remain that level of thinness, mm. which is like equally as bad. Bones yeah. are brittle, like no cal- like no vitamins because you're just on the sh- sugar free drinks and mm-hmm. cigarettes and coffee maybe sometimes. Black, <laughs> <laughs> gotta be black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no calories added. Thank you. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's so so valid that it's always seen as the this like unhealthy like it's your fault you're like not you just let yourself go yeah Yeah, there's no empathy not even empathy it's not even the right word it's like understanding of difference in bodies yeah or any understanding of the systems that are at play that is feeding into this belief that's Mm. perpetuating this idea It's like, I know, like, my family for a long time. I mean, that's another thing I had to release was, I mean, they kind of released me, but it had to be released, is my, like, family are super racist and fatphobic and homophobic. They're a triple. Oh. (laughs) They're a triple threat. Triple threat. So, and like a group chat, they would always post just like fat, like anonymous fat woman that they would like then memify to be like, oh, there's a beach on the whale. What? Beach on the whale. There's a whale on the beach. <laughs> Wait, is this in a group chat that you're in? And I'll put this in there. It's like a family group chat. It's our family group chat. Do you have fat family members? Only the aunts. So all of their mothers. So this family group chat, my mom is part of five sisters. Three out of the five are overweight and it is always brought to their attention. So. If, to the point where my mum would refuse to take photos with me or would always monitor the ones that I would put on the chat. Or if I did it without her permission, she would get very upset. And that's her sister's. Oh. Because she knew that it would come with oh, you've let yourself go. Or, oh my gosh, I remember when I posted photos and then my one aunt posted a diet. 
<laughs> like no nothing unsolicited. like unsolicited oh, sh- and the diet was like have a handful of almonds in the morning i was like hey this is some like 90s diet this is not even like a Atkins shit yeah like it was so bad and and i remember because i only like hopped in and out because they're all in south africa so they're still very much in the south african mindset and i remember when i went back and i was like oh i, I went when my dad died and i remember it was a my peak of my eating disorder when my dad died and I was the thinnest I've ever been. And I remember the first thing that they said to me was, how does it feel to look normal? <gasps> mm-hmm. Not like, oh my God, your dad died. Oh! <laughs> like, How does it feel to look normal? And then in my mind, I wasn't eating like i was i was on a strict my fitness pal oh uh, yeah yeah oh my fitness pal oh god yeah, yeah like not even a plug to my fitness pal is like the worst it's just it just really has created so many eating disorders like so many people i know just become so full of control i was working out six times a I've week been there. i've been there oh. i was so thin as well and i remember thinking not enough Mm-hmm. Oh, been there. Oh. I still wouldn't let people see my tummy because it was still not enough. Because it's never enough. Yeah. Even I mean, we see even our thin friends. It's not enough even to them. Yes. Who like size eight? Yeah. They're like not enough. Yeah. Because it's like you're just gonna keep going. And so when they said, "Yeah, how does it feel to look normal?" I remember just like playing into it, being like, because I was finally accepted by them because I was going to the gym. I was doing the things. It was, I think I was reading an article where it's like, we do things where we feel like, so it's like ordering a salad mm. when you really want like a pasta. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't eat that. The, the, the objects of quote unquote working on yourself. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll have a water and a salad. I'm going to go for a walk in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's like, feet that's like telling them just so you know it's like i understand that i'm in this fat body and Mm. making everybody here feel uncomfortable but don't worry i won't eat like a pasta in front of you because that'll that just like plays into looking and feeling like gross when actually a past pasta is pasta salad is a salad and like these negative connotations with food i swear come from my no they don't come from my fitness pal yeah food morality yeah yeah food morality yes yes, is huge and something i still struggle with now sometimes where i'm like oh but i mean i'm a huge i'm actually really proud of myself for changing such a negative portrayal of how food controlled my life Mm. into taking it back and like actually just making incredibly delicious nutritious plant-based food and not saying that I'm like I would I'm not saying I would eat meat but I'm not trying to then say like veganism is a diet it's veganism is only for environmental reasons like it's so hard to people because people then i hate when people ask me are you vegan because you're trying to lose weight and i'm like no i really am not there's like another tiktoker that i follow where she just puts up what i eat in a day and she always prefaces it as i'm just a fat vegan not trying to lose weight Mm. this is what i ate today Mm. which has been really powerful for me because i used to watch what I eat in a day videos, but the 1200 calorie ones. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. I could see how little a person could eat and yes. still function. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like okay. Oh, no, I block that shit now. Um, totally. Mm-hmm. But watching it from a different perspective is really nice. Or uh, they call it intuitive eating. Oh, uh, yes. I love that. 
and I feel super privileged that I can intuitively eat and it not because I used to feel I mean because I did have trigger warning um like binge and bulimia like cycles and that all just came from like control and I would thought that I would never be able to intuitively eat because every time I let go of control in quotations I would binge Mm. because I would think I'm gonna go back to restricting again so let me do all the bad Uh, I could possibly do to my body now let me eat let me go to pack and save buy five bags of chips buy a pizza let me eat all of it in this one sitting because we're gonna have to not do that after today yeah today is the day yeah yeah. day one yeah Mm. I oh the amount of day one I know the total day ones (sighs) the amount of like before photos Mm. (sighs) how spiritual would you say you are oh that's a really good one because for me I came from a place of being spiritual but not understanding what that meant because I was raised Hindu so like going to the ashram because that was community not really being explained I swear religion is so shame-based it's literally like if you do this this bad thing will happen yeah and yeah. it's like, what? I don't understand why we believe even are tapping into this. And it's like, you're already pushing this narrative of like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy. Of course, I'm going to believe this other narrative mm. you're telling me that if I do this, this bad thing's going to happen. And then once you like, oh, you like release that, then I became fully like atheist where I was like, I believe in nothing Mm. nothing exists and that really served me for a long time because it really just got me to think about like society and how Mm. it's set up and like all the different religions and like being like what the heck it's so patriarch like each religion was so full of patriarchy and And hierarchical and hierarchical and it's like what you can do at the lower ones you couldn't like the people at the top just never get questioned but people at the bottom have to like do everything to make their way up and yeah. also so so much money yes and like handing oh. a priest uh-huh. an envelope of money yeah but them saying no but actually they're gonna take it mm. they're gonna take the money mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then stepping into only this year i would say uh spirituality in terms of like reading more about star signs and being like oh this feels really r- accurate mm. but second guessing it and not wanting to feel like I'm duping myself but now I've released all of that and I'm like I don't even care if it's placebo or not Mm -hmm. if it's serving me in a positive way I'm gonna take it on Mm. and so now I would say I'm spiritual in the sense of I like really trust the universe yes it's like super like no yeah if this feels good in my body I'm gonna say yes like going on an Instagram adventure with people I'd never met before and just trusting that it's gonna be fine yeah or you know pulling a card and it really resonating yeah and being like wow wow (laughs) like it's really like resonating. Yeah, yeah. And what's more spiritual than being present in your pussy? Period. <laughs> and actually so much power is held in that pussy center. And even like I'm now going into doing like mindfulness in terms of like 
breath work, yes. meditation. Yes. You realize it all comes hand in hand yes. and being. Can we breathe down into that space? Acknowledging you have a space to begin with. I think that that's spiritual. And like when you breathe down and then like you can literally shift that energy anywhere within your body Mm. and like seeing that our body is merely like the physical realm of the body and understanding when you close your eyes you're like tapping into a different place yeah versus when your eyes are open yeah which is also really confronting when you do like you know a meditation for 20 minutes you might start in your body Go up to the sky. Like Consciousness the, is yeah. fucking out of space. Consciousness yeah, yeah. is like traveling. <laughs> and then you like suddenly come back and you're yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> I have not been here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But I've been here. It actually really does help with the deta- not detaching from the body, which is, I mean, yeah, detaching from the body, but not seeing it as I need to detach from my body, but getting a perspective again to show how not meaningless the body is, but how we put so much emphasis on the body. And it's impermanent. This is a meat sack that will eventually die. Yeah. People again tell me I'm so brave for cutting my hair short. Really? And it's like... A brave. They say brave. It's the word to use. Same thing with when I put like my body online. Yeah. Another brave thing. Mm. it's like oh okay but you wouldn't be saying that to somebody who did that who's a size 10 Mm. they're not brave they're just hot or i'm confused yeah but um cutting my hair short is brave because i am like releasing like the feminine yeah like quote unquote look um i love your hair yeah listeners i cut all my hair (laughs) it looks so good well yeah no i'll be sharing photos of you don't worry um finish these sentences i'm feeling inspired by I'm feeling inspired by you. I absolutely love like meeting you and, you know, like sharing the space and like, having this conversation with you. And it's like, I feel so inspired because as a perfectionist, there's so many ideas that I've had or that I've wanted to have, but seeing somebody to just pursue those goals is like energy that I'm really trying to stay with. Because seeing people just do it and like fall into the process is inspiring AF. Like you have no idea. Because I just stop myself all the time before I start. Because I don't want to have those feelings of failing. Because as Asians, whew, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. You can not fail. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, thanks. Don't get it twisted. It's been agonizing. I, I waited for a year until I put out an episode. Yeah. That makes total sense. I mean, I've been waiting for several years to like launch my my food journey because I really like making, I mean, I'm a social media strategist. I can make content mm. and I do make content, but for other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it's you, <laughs> front and center, oh, I so get it. My advice is to just do it because it'll, cha- it, it'll just allow yourself the space for it to change as you go. Yeah. That's the hardest thing is like when you see or when you compare comparison. Oh, it's the biggest thief of joy. Oh, like, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, but look at that. It's like, but that person had to have started somewhere. Yeah, and it's like, oh, how could it be me? But yeah. it's like, why not? That's like the new mind frame I'm going in with, and that's why I'm saying being around people who are literally just creating 
And I'm like, yeah, why not make stickers off my podcast episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> why not have a tote bag merch? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to the rest of 2022. I'm really excited. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this at a point where I'm unemployed. I'm living with my ex-partner in the house that we bought together. So I'm like in like, some, some people would say quote unquote rock bottom, but I really don't feel like that, oh. which I really am like sitting with it like such pride. And I'm just like so excited because, and I, I mean, it's therapy, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> my therapist just checks me all the time in terms of like saying all the evidence to show like how capable I am how motivated I am how like captivating it's like owning that self-love and like really owning it for the first time mm. I'm really excited for 2022 I'd love to be known for I would love to be known for, I want to say food in terms of showing people that you can have a positive relationship to food because that was never modeled to me. It was always diet culture. I mean, my, my aunts that I really idolized like as like a powerful woman struggles with an eating disorder to this day. Mm. Um, this is the one that gave me the diet plans, the <laughs> almonds. Um, so being known for like a positive relationship to food would be incredible. And just inspiring creative people to be creative. Mm. I think I get so inspired by creative people. Another friend who I was saying this to was like, yeah, but you inspire me. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you just don't even think of yourself as being the source when the people that you admire say that back to you. You're like, oh, it's like it really was like a, a flip switch to be like, oh, my gosh, I can be the source. Yes, you can. Why do you think I asked you on this podcast? No, literally. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I remember being like, I'm not a like activist. I'm like, I haven't written a book. <laughs> like, I haven't done anything I need to have done to be here. But actually, good. That's why even this, I'm like, whoa, 2022, come through. Yes. Like, I'm really excited to be having more conversations, inspiring more, like giving back. Because I think I've been like taking from the creatives and like filling my cup. And I'm like, oh, I actually have the tools, the marketing, the creativity to do this like right back. It's almost a disservice to not. Yeah. Stop denying the world, Amitha. Um, <laughs> okay, well, is there anything else before you... Oh, yeah, let me close with my poem. Okay. And, like, for context, this is a poem that I started writing in tw when I was 22. And it was not the thick of my eating disorder, but it definitely was a start. I remember, like, I have specific memories of, like, taking a kiwi fruit smoothie to my internship when I worked at this, like, fashion PR and that's what I had the whole day. I said, this is enough. Wow. <laughs> this kiwi fruit. And then I was Wait, one kiwi fruit or kiwi fruit smoothie? It was a kiwi. I mean, there was one kiwi fruit in it. And then like protein powder. Oh, yeah. You know the yeah, drill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. I know the, yeah. We just starve ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we go, this is normal. Yeah. Because we're fat and we should apologize. Yeah. Okay, so this is, yeah. Eating disorder. And it's called, I feel fat. I feel fat. 
and to feel fat correlates directly to the perception of my self-worth or lack thereof, so no, I will not have a slice of cake. That's 250 calories, by the way. That slither of moist, dark, decadent, chocolate perfection, which used to facilitate endless nodes of mouth-watering adjectives, these days brings only a number and guilt. Calories are numbers that rule my life. Each bite brings me closer to my boundary. I no longer eat to fulfill famine, I eat to fulfill figures. Feeling rewarded if I don't go over my daily limit and sensing only joy if I throw away half of my apple because, hey, I've only eaten 50 calories now. There are moments I don't count. Moments where quantity trumps quality. So much quantity demolished too quickly to count, too quickly to realize what's happening, too quickly... So when the toilet flushes, the evidence is gone from the fridge and my stomach lining. It's control I'm after. Chasing that satisfaction of a solid tick. Approval. But food makes me nervous. You see, I have a relationship with food. Only it's not in the playful sense. It's a senile domestic violence situation and I can't leave. I'm bound to food. Like an alcoholic trying to get over their addiction whilst having to intake its warm liquid three times a day and not go overboard. I feel fat and don't try to convince me otherwise. I've already put myself in the confines of society's obese box. My eyes haven't been trained yet to view myself in any other way but large and therefore unworthy. I wrote these words when I was 22 and I don't know about you but when I was 22 I had an eating disorder. Talking to a therapist, feeling guilty for wasting their time on a battle involving me versus a fully stocked fridge. Body dysmorphia, they said. There's only so much skinny tea I can consume, so many hours I can wear a slimming corset, so many pulls I can pop before I start to crack. Hindsight brings clarity. Passing and policing this ideology, comparison above all else, can I be blamed for the way I feel? When all I used to see was a sample size ideal? When we as a society focus on not loving our bodies, insecurity tied into ego and survival, pretty privilege, pretty access, European beauty, pretty mindset, it's only natural for fat phobia to exist. There's so much shame here. Understanding and releasing my shame has been the most sustainable weight loss I've ever experienced. So now I feel fat. I feel unapologetically thick. Taking up space, using my voice, I feel powerful wonderfully voluptuous, gloriously strong, I feel free. People often say that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The most liberating thing about beauty is realizing that you are the beholder, you are the curator. For the first time I looked in the mirror, stared deep into my own eyes, a pool of luscious brown wonder, and rejoiced the entity that is within. Fuck the outer shell, fuck the padding. The focus is always on maintaining the husk, rather than understanding the content, the soul. My insides are rich and decadent, umami perfection, just like that chocolate cake. So you know what? Give me a slice, because I'm hungry for liberation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you liked that, let me know. DM Asian and Al on Instagram and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.